This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Friends, my name is Denise Renner, and I want to welcome you to my program. You know, I appreciate you being with me this time because we're going to talk about another chapter in John, John chapter 11. We're going to talk about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. What an amazing miracle. And I want to show you some things that I believe are very true for all of us in this miracle. If you need prayer, please, please, please let us know because the Bible says that we can agree together and it will be done by our father, which is in heaven. Isn't that amazing? But there's so much power in agreement and, and, and in our, in the Holy Spirit in us and the Holy Spirit in you. And, and so when we come together and we agree Yes, this is God's will. Yes, we're against this. Yes, we want God to do this. Then the Holy Spirit, he joins in with our prayer and he makes it happen. Isn't that powerful? I've had so many things happen because I got in agreement with somebody. So please call us, write us because we're there and we want to agree with you. And if God's doing something special in your life through these programs, please let us know because we want to rejoice with you. And the Bible says that when we tell somebody our testimony in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says that we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony so it's the word of your testimony. You've got to speak your testimony and that's what defeats the devil. Well, are you ready to begin? I'm so ready to begin. It's John chapter 11. And this chapter really is about one person believing one, only one only Jesus, but it didn't stop him from doing this demonstration of God's great power. It didn't stop him from doing this miracle. So we're going to begin. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And I looked this up in the Greek and it, this sickness, it's a sickness unto death. It's a very serious illness. And Jesus knew that. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha 
and her sister and Lazarus. Don't you love that? I love that. It says he loved Martha. He loved her sister, Mary, and he loved Lazarus. So, cause you could put your name in there. He loves you. He loves who, whatever your name is. And he loves whatever your name is that I'm talking to. You could say that it could be written down. He loves Denise. He loves my children. You could write that down because it's absolutely the truth. He loved them. Well, he didn't love them any more than he loves you. Okay. So when he heard that he was sick, this is, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, <clears throat> Are there not twelve hours in the day? And anyone walks in the anyone can walk in the day. He he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not with him. And Jesus was saying, it's time for me to do this. I have the light to do this. It wasn't time for me to go two days ago, but now it's time for me to go. And Jesus says in the next verse, these things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go to that I may wake him up. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. <laughs> These disciples, you know, they're saying, oh, well, sleep is good. You know, that's going to help him recover. But Jesus is not talking about sleeping. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking a rest. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. I've, <laughs> I've looked at this verse so many times in my life and thought, now Jesus is going to go raise the dead. But Thomas is thinking and volunteering. Well, then we'll just go with you, Lord, and they're going to stone you and we'll die with you. So the opposite, because the Lord, he's full of life and he wants to bring us into life. But in our thoughts, in our emotions, sometimes we can be going the total other direction towards death, towards disappointment, towards despair. But Jesus, he's always drawing us to life and to answers. And this is where Jesus was. And he did not pay a bit of attention to what Thomas said. The next verse says, so when Jesus came, 
So Jesus didn't, he wasn't going there to die. He wasn't going there to be stoned. He wasn't taking the disciples there with him so they can die. He's going there to raise Lazarus from the dead. Very different um, ideas. And I think a lot of times, friend, that we can have a very different idea and even believe it from what really is the truth and what Jesus wants to do and even what he does. Haven't you experienced that when you had a problem and you didn't know how you were going to get out of that problem and then you asked the Lord to help you? You're not sure how he's going to do it, but his power comes, his power, his presence comes and he changes the whole thing. That's because he had the answer. He was the way. The way we were thinking, planning for the worst, that wasn't the truth. Do you see that? Thomas was planning for the worst. Jesus was going to die. They're going to die with him. But Jesus is not planning for death. He's planning for resurrection. So Jesus, it says that they came. He found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about 20, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Verse 20, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd just been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Verse 24, Martha said to him, I, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is to come into the world. Jesus was saying something so amazing to Martha. He was saying, if you believe in me, you will never die. Friend, that's the truth right now. Because of what Jesus did, he destroyed the power of death. He destroyed the power of the grave through his death, burial, and resurrection. And when we die, it says we'll not die. He says you'll never die. Oh, yeah, your spirit's going to leave your body but you're never going to die. Did you hear what I said? You're never going to die. That's what Jesus just said. I'm going to read it to you again. And whoever lives and believes in me, 
shall never die. And he said, do you believe this? Jesus was speaking something so powerful to Martha. And she said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who has come into the world. I'm not sure that Martha really got it, but she did believe that he was the Christ. Because then it says that she went away after that. And she went to get Mary to tell her to come and that the teacher has come and is calling for you. And as soon, verse 29, and as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Verse 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews, he came with her, that came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Now, friend, I want to say this is really amazing because both Martha and Mary have said to Jesus, if you had been here, our brother wouldn't be dead. Now, we don't know if they were blaming Jesus, saying to Jesus, it's your fault. If you just come, we told you that he was sick. If you just come, he wouldn't be dead. Now he's been dead four days. Both of them said that to him. And then it goes on. And now Jesus is groaning in his spirit. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Then verse 35, Jesus wept. 36. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? The third time, Jesus is blamed for Lazarus' death. Jesus saw things they didn't see. Remember back in verse 4, he said, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. For, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And then he says in verse 15, I'm glad for your sakes that I didn't go there so that you would believe. Jesus was thinking higher. He wasn't just thinking about Lazarus being in the tomb for four days or about what Mary was going to say or about what Martha was going to say or what the Jews were going to say. He was 
saying, I'm going to raise him from the dead that you might believe. Do you see how important it was to Jesus that they might believe? Do you see how important it is right now that you and I believe and not doubt? That we believe that Jesus took our sicknesses and, and our diseases upon his own body. That we believe that the chastisement of our peace, anything that would take your peace, he took it on his own body and punished whatever it was in hell and raised up, rose up victorious over it. That we don't have to be depressed, that we don't have to be oppressed, angry, bitter, ugly in our character because of what somebody else did. Jesus was saying, I am staying here two more days. I know that this sickness is unto death. I know that Lazarus is going to die, but I'm staying here so that when I raise him from the dead, you might believe. Another thing that was going on in Jesus, because it wasn't long after this that Jesus was arrested. Jesus knew in raising Lazarus from the dead that the Jews, the Pharisees, they were going to get even more angry and they were going to, they were going to try and kill him. He was submitting himself to the will of God, even though it meant, I know that some people are going to believe, but some people are going to get even more angry about who I am and I will die. He was saying yes to the Father to do what it was that he called him to do. Such a price that Jesus was paying in those moments when they didn't believe, when they said, it's your fault that he's dead. If you'd only been here, he would have he lived. Why didn't you come sooner? And Jesus ignores it all. He ignores it all. And he says, where have you laid him? Verse 38. Then Jesus again groaning in himself. You know, I thought, why was Jesus groaning? Why, why was he weeping? Why again it says he was groaning? And I, I don't know, friend, exactly why. But Jesus raised three people from the dead. He rose a little girl that he didn't know. Twelve years old, he rose her from the dead. He rose a man who was being carried out in his coffin who had died. He rose that. The Bible says he was a young man. He rose him from the dead. But Lazarus was his friend. Mary and Martha were his friends. He loved them. And I, and I don't know, friend, but when things get closer to you, they, you love people so much, your emotions get involved with people. And to do, some, to do the hard thing 
sometimes it's more difficult because you're involved with those people. The Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus was tempted in the very same way that you and I are tempted. I don't know this friend, but Jesus, he was, I believe he was groaning in himself, pushing through all, all what they said, if you'd only been here, that this is my friend that I'm getting ready, ready to raise from the dead. He was pushing through these things. You know why he was pushing through? So he could identify with you and me when we have to push through things with family, things with friends, emotions, difficulties, not sure how to do it, but we got to push through to do the right thing. And Jesus pushed through all of that negative talk. And the fact that the Jews were going to hate him more. He pushed through all of it. And look at verse 38. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench for he's been there for four days. His body is decomposing. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God? 41. Then he took away, they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. When did he hear him? In verse 4, when he said this sickness is not unto death. Jesus was going there. Before he even died, he was going there to raise him from the dead. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. He was doing this for the people. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when he had, and he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things that Jesus did. Then the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do for this man works many signs? And the high priest after that prophesied about Jesus' death, said one man could die for a nation. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. I want to read you something. The stone didn't stop, stop Jesus. Four days dead and your body decomposing 
didn't stop Jesus. Their unbelief and possibly their blaming him that he was dead, that didn't stop Jesus. Nothing stopped Jesus. He knew what the Father wanted to do in verse 4, and he was speaking it in verse 27. You see, Jesus has plans. And if we can hear from him, if we can hear from him, we're going to hear his plan. Does the enemy have a plan? Does this fallen world have a plan? It has a plan. But the plan that Jesus has is to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. John 10, 10, the thief, oh, he's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus made it plain what his mission was. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus raised Lazarus, his friend, from the dead. Mary's brother, Martha's brother. He pushed through their unbelief. He pushed through possibly them blaming him or the Jews blaming him that if he'd only been there, Lazarus hadn't died. He pushed through all of it for the miracle working power of God that they would believe. That's what Jesus is interested in us because to him who believes nothing is impossible. Oh, friend, I love you. I've enjoyed sharing this amazing word with you. Please call us if you need prayer and let us know what God is doing in your life. And I'll see you next time. Women are powerful and very influential, but what kind of power and influence they have depends on what has happened inside their hearts. The Bible tells us of women like Jezebel, a woman who had no touch of God in her heart and used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and her nation. But the Bible also gives examples of women who were supportive, godly, helpful, and delivering. In this amazing 10-part series, 10 Powerful Women with Rick and Denise Renner, you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history, a woman God radically changed, a woman who saved her nation, a woman who was delivered of demons by Jesus, a woman who gave her living room to Jesus, a woman preacher in the New Testament. Whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book, All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer, this series, 10 Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
This program was made possible by the giving of the God Called Partners of Renner Ministries.